Good afternoon, folks. Welcome to the podcast, The Lotus Seasons, for the 7th of September, 2023. I'm John Connor, and by journalist Callum Smiles. Hello. How are you doing, Callum? I'm very well. How are you? Today, will we, not, we will not be talking about uh, representation in cells. We will be talking about... We actually about... will a little bit. <laughs> Oh, we'll okay. be mentioning it. Apparently, we will be talking yeah. about representation in incels. Uh, America's two-tier justice system and how everything normal is now far right. Um, but before we begin, uh, we're doing like a new series on the website, uh, which is going to be just Lads Hour. We couldn't think of a better name, to be honest. Um, but it's just going to be uh, five of us sitting around and talking about a particular thing that's been on, on everyone's minds this week. And this one is going to be about the anti-SJW question. Because you may have seen Harry getting into a bit of a, a Barney with them on Twitter recently, and I have some thoughts on it, and I wanted to share them, and I think everyone else wants to share theirs as well. Uh, so join us for that at three o'clock today, straight after the podcast, uh, for, of course, our premium subscribers. So let's get on with it. What are we doing? Right. So last month, I did a segment. Uh, it's this segment, funnily enough, on the number of leftists and feminists that have started to notice there's a problem with men. Yeah, I think... She was probably objecting to the fact that you called her a feminist, right? Well, I didn't call her a feminist in the video, but she's sure, in the, but the title and thumbnail. Yeah, we, we, we got into a, a little bit I can of a thread, yeah, but you know, I just appreciate that she was flirting with me, really. Anyway, so point being, it was it was very encouraging to, to see what quite I a told few... you about older women, Con. Ah, we all have our weaknesses. Um, it was it was quite encouraging to see lots of left wing women, uh, women who formerly maybe haven't been speaking out on this as much as Chu actually has throughout her career, go. But hang on a minute, isn't there a, uh, an area of life that we're not addressing here? Male dispossession, they're economically disadvantaged, they're... Academically some, disadvantaged. Yep, sons killing of themselves homes. at record rates, they're not succeeding in life, there's yeah. so many things. I, I would suggest that perhaps the lens be turned on left-wing philosophy in and of itself, but at least the olive branch has been extended. My, my only gripe has been that a disproportionate amount of these op-eds are authored by women, in mainstream outlets, so it is being gatekept out of the reach of men to provide solutions for ourselves. And so from standpoint epistemology, it's very difficult to speak from the perspective of that man, what's in his interest, if you've not lived that reality. Because representation matters, after all. I've been told that many times, and it is interesting that it's, uh, gatekept is the right word. It's being gatekept by feminists and women to yes. talk about men's issues, which the, is interesting. The exact people that are still, um, percolating in the paradigm that's birthed forward these issues. And, and so I'm just going to do a bit of a follow-up segment. I present This Week in Men. Um, if you want to find <laughs> out... Gay. <laughs> yeah, we're not talking about Obama, sorry. Um, so if you want Part to... This Week in Men. <laughs> that's going on, Lotus Eaters, out of context. Anyway, if you want to find out what caused all of this, you can subscribe to our website for as little as £5 a month and watch mine and Carl's discussion of the sequel to Evil Origins of Feminism, where this time it wasn't as dire as diagnosis as when we went through Simone de Beauvoir, and I tortured you with that. This was actually <laughs> a, a pretty constructive discussion about building a frame of reference for re-engendering solidarity between the sexes. Yes. Uh, and, but I, I think the, the important thing, though, is that the feminists have got a point, which is, well, men don't really understand women's perspective on the world, and that's true. But conversely, yes. you don't understand our perspective either. Yeah, so we appreciate the sympathy, but it's not quite empathy. It has to be ambiguous complementarity. And sometimes that ambiguity engenders a bit of playfulness, and that's the, the bedrock of flirting. At the moment, we're not even starting relationships, so maybe let's get that back a little bit. So I wanted to start off, going back to Shu. Um, she tweeted out this cover. She wasn't the only one, but I saw this first. God. Yeah, not, not the awful, most constructive. So this is the front cover of the West Australian. Don't know how widely circulated the paper is, but um, for our audience... 
the, 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 it shows a young boy and the headline is, how do we stop this kid becoming a monster? Call for DV lessons at all schools to address the menace of toxic masculinity. Is this the kid who had the Gadsden flag on his back? No, I don't. Right, this is a different kid. Because there was another kid recently yes. who got stigmatized by the media because he went into school with the Gadsden flag on his back. Oh, yes, I saw that. It wasn't just the media. It was the well, henpecking administrators yeah. of the Longhouse in, in unilaterally yes. staffed um, uh, female education systems that said it's actually about slavery when it goes all the way back to the Revolutionary War. Uh, what, what, so what's this kid done? He looks like he's nine years old. I think it's just a And quite photo. clearly, he's racist. Yeah, Can't yeah. you see it? <laughs> but he looks like he's about nine years old. What could he possibly have done wrong? Um, I, I would suggest maybe not wearing your baggy parachute pants. But other than that, I don't really think he's committed any crimes. And so the, the interesting thing about this was there was a reply from Critical Drinker somewhere down here. But he's, here it is. Wow, it's a total mystery why male suicides have rocketed in recent years. Yeah. Because you're... Con- continually culturally denigrated with male competence being an instrument of patriarchal dominance. And so you're discouraged from ever progressing, even if you can get past preferential hiring and and equality act legislation and the like. So it's not shocking that if from birth to death, you're told that by nature of your birth, you're an awful person. Why men are just going, no, I'm checking out. But the thing is, like this, this drives me mental, right? So Bethany Heat, it appears to be the author of this, has taken it upon herself to stigmatize boys right oh young boys grow up to become monsters like the the thought process that led up to this at every point to me is a moral failure right and this is just and then on the front page of like a national magazine in australia to be like right okay yeah so look if you want any better proof that feminists control the world we're stigmatizing half of the children in this country because they were born wrong and it's also Who's been raising said boys for the last 30 to 40 years? It hasn't been the fathers who are overwhelmingly not in the homes. Again, 50% of kids in the UK at this point have their father either not present at all or barely present because they're they're spread across two households. So to not to invoke Fight Club, but why do we think after a generation of men raised exclusively by women that more feminism is the solution? I, I would suggest probably not. I like as well how like, you know, this talk about domestic violence and toxic masculinity you know, all this against women, you know, violence against women. And at the very top, it's win a trip to Amsterdam, the home of oh, prostitution. Sex. That is a perfect <laughs> point. Yes. I didn't even think about that. That yeah, is drugs and hookers. Yes, please. That's right. I'm a feminist. Yeah, we'll send you there for free. It's perfectly logically consistent. Because <clears throat> if, if freedom is the only thing that matters, yep. then you can you can sign away uh, uh, women men's obligations to women via chivalry by just saying, well, they're consenting to it, so they can they can totally abuse themselves. That any any kind of uh, consideration for what might be good for them. Just as a, as a dad as well, right? Like assuming this is a stock photo of a kid, that it's definitely the wrong kind of photo to use because the kid looks fairly well dressed. His shoes are nice and shiny. He's polished them. He's got a fairly decent haircut. Maybe he's slouching a little bit, could stand up a bit straighter, but otherwise the kid seems fine. Like, but, but then competence is the problem. Well, as, yeah. As we know, it's too intimidating. And, and so we'll, we'll just go on to, on to this bit. Um, speaking of male suicides, Alexander dates like I've got an interview coming up with him soon. He's spoken to Chris Williamson before. I believe he works for an AI matchmaking service called Keeper which is trying to change dating apps to make people actually get married rather than just swipe through endlessly on hookup. So, oh God, he, I love that we've had to outsource this to the, the Borg. Yeah. Just, uh, AI arranged marriage. Yeah, we, we, yeah, we can't be expected to do it ourselves. Yes. Just, dear God-like computer, give me a wife. Yeah, thank you, consent-based feminism. Hasn't, hasn't confused things at all. So he's gone through <laughs> and, and done some, some research on the state of American men. 
And, oh, yeah. and so some of the stats here, it says between 44 and 49% of Gen Z men have depressive symptoms and suicidal thoughts. So that's, that's not very good to be inflicted on. on Only on half men. of men thinking about suicide. Yeah. Yep, not great. And it's particularly dropped off uh, around the older millennial types because they're not as digitally native. Right. Um, yeah. They don't get most of their lives fed for them for the sewage pipe of... of well, thir- 38 to 45 is my age demographic, and I never think about suicide. Which is surprising because... <laughs> Weirdo. Yeah, I know. How, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you work with us every day. Um, yeah. Like, there's quite a few Gen X men where it's pronounced, but then yeah. that was the start of the curve, and the curve has just gone exponentially up. <clears throat> and that's, I think, a consequence of hands-off boomer parenting as well. That attitude has stayed with us of where we have been stripped of a place of cultural belonging. And when kids are just raising other kids, particularly in daycare settings, then the, the kid with the least well-behaved standards infects the other kids, and that becomes your supposition throughout life. Just half of Gen Z men have had suicidal thoughts in the last two weeks. Yep. Awful. They've probably been listening to Connor talk about Barbie. But <laughs> they're probably dating Gen Z women. To be, be honest fair. with you, that's probably the one thing that's preventing them from killing themselves. That's why loads of them did identify with Ken. Yeah, I know. Yeah. They, 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 well, maybe one day we can rise up and overthrow the matriarchy on the invisible horses boys yeah <laughs> only way out is through the, the other interesting thing I found is that um, he looked at the percentage of trust in so-called manosphere figures right. and I think this is also part of the dispossession because if you look recently um, Jordan Peterson particularly among men 18 to 23 is down to 10% whereas Tate is outstripping him 2 to 1 the voice for men at 16% that's impressive that's pronounced among a particular demographic as well. I bet it is. That'll be, that'll be, that'll be later. And one of the reasons for that is because Peterson doesn't use TikTok, whereas most of these men in this age demographic are purely on TikTok, whereas Peterson's more on Twitter and Daily Wire. And he's also lent more into, after coming out of his coma, politics rather than men's issues. This is one of the critiques I have, I think, of Professor Peterson, who I really admire, is that I think he's more effective when he's talking about personal responsibility oh, yeah, yeah. than to world leaders, even. Well, I mean, he's a psychologist. Yeah. That's his job. And it also seems that he has his life put together. Therefore, he is a leading example, whereas I would say Tate, Tate not, not so much. Um, the other interesting thing as well was the percentage of minorities who consume uh, manosphere content. Oh, yeah. So if I find the actual thing here. Uh, so it says particularly black men watching MGTOW content, which is quite surprising. Watching what? MGTOW content. Men so, avoiding m- women content. Yeah, men going their own way. So like monk mode, right? Yeah. So monk mode. Here it says men feel more accepted when they act manly. The the vast majority of black American men, say sixty seven percent, I feel praised and accepted when I act manly. So not emotionally incontinent. Not men need feminism, as Caitlin Moran says. Overwhelmingly, more than fifty percent do. The interesting thing here is that MGTOW content is pronounced among black men. And again, going back to the single motherhood epidemic, why do you think that predominantly black men would go? I'm writing off women if lots of women in their subculture are exactly like the single mothers that raised them. Mm. So again, more feminism might not be the solution. I saw uh, an earlier post in this thread that uh, said that young men like Donald Tr- trust Donald Trump yes. more than almost anything else. And so, well, that's good. <laughs> yes. Well, that's the interesting thing that someone observed. There was a, a Hill survey that came out that said um, 12th graders, so 17 to 18, have been registered as a factor of two to one more conservative than women who are trending more left wing. Yeah. So the people that are about to flood into the voting base are young men who are definitely going to vote Trump. Why did Gen Z men trust Beyonce? 
I don't know. What would what trust trust her to do what? Hmm. Well, at least Andrew Tate's ahead of her. Yeah. Well, Joe Rogan's below Andrew Tate, which is kind of disappointing. Really. Yeah, but I, I'd just take anything at this point. I wouldn't take Tate. I'll put it that way. I know. Definitely take not. Beyonce, but I don't know what, <laughs> for what reasons we're I, on about the moment. <laughs> I get the feeling that she comes packaged with a whole bundle of issues. I think she's I'd a Satanist, avoid, isn't she? she her, her I don't know. She's had like, demonic imagery in it before. Do, Very do questionable. Th- do you think that Beyonce lives in domestic bliss with her husband? No, not not with Jay Z. Also mid. Um. Anyway, so <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Give me Sydney Sweeney. But any, more more or less mid than Margot Robbie. Less. No wait. Margot Robbie's Margot Robbie's more attractive than Beyonce. Right, right. Absolutely. Come on. Um. So the pathologies Alpha begin. Mid. <laughs> Sorry, go on. That's right. Um. So as soon as people have come out and said, well, you know, men are men are suffering, then we get women try to stigmatize male competence. Yeah, yes. Yes. And so cowboy mentality has been blamed for the worsening suicide rate. Oh, uh, yes. Men self-report the fact that 85% of them said as soon as they hear toxic masculinity, they're turned off. Um, overwhelmingly, 50 to, to 70% said when I act like a man, when I'm embodied, when I'm filled with testosterone, I feel better, so give me roles to do that. And a woman swoops in and says, actually, have you considered crying? That'll make you feel much better. And what I love <laughs> about this picture here is average cowboy there. <laughs> yes. What? Yeah. Like, like, cowboy sipping on a soy latte. Yeah, a- actual, he's definitely riding something. Actual Californian soy boy like, <laughs> doesn't represent what you're trying to describe here. Yes. So a cowboy mentality of wanting to man up could be a factor in the epidemic of male loneliness. A New York University professor, Niobe Way, implied on some. Oh, I don't need her opinion on anything. The experts have weighed in, <laughs> right? Many boys are raised with what she calls <laughs> the cowboy Niobe mentality. Niobe has got an opinion on man men's issues. Okay. I'm sure she has a very stable and loving relationship. Oh, dear. I can do it myself. I don't need others. That's the mentality. Often perpetuated by the father wanting the son to man up and not be so soft. The whole model of getting help is part of so-called femininity, the article that she wrote reads. Yes, all those present fathers. Definitely not a problem of not having enough fathers in the home. And the thing is, that's not even true, right? Like, getting help is perfectly acceptable as a man, right? I mean, literally, you know, your liege lord comes along and goes I need the bannermen he's saying I need help that's fine it's the purpose of the help and the way it's delivered and the way it's asked for that is the issue if you go to your neighbour and say can I borrow your spanner please it's totally fine he'll lend you a spanner you'll give it back you know can you show me how to fix the engine on the sky that's fine it's the activity itself and the way that the help is asked for that's the problem it's not asking for help like what they're complaining is I need help because I want someone to hear me blub for an hour it's like no you're not supposed to blub for an hour help should be translated as therapy in yeah, yeah. When they speak. say when they say help, they mean therapy. Yeah, and this is why the meme goes round of men will literally go to X yeah. before men will start a podcast. Hello, before going to therapy. Like, yes, yeah, because we actually find that practical avenues to demonstrate our worth is what proves ourselves to ourselves. Yeah. Just sitting around admiring in in emotion, we don't need the validation. Yeah. We need to we need to be tested. Men will literally perform a perfect two hundred fifty six man Macedonian phalanx before going. To yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Men will literally sack Rome. Before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fingers comms, you know, he had, he had his benefits. Well, he um, didn't have mental health problems, did he? <laughs> he wasn't like, I'm depressed, I can't get out of bed. If only someone would hit me cry for a bit. <laughs> this wasn't his problem. So this is how pathological this woman is, right? There's a quote yeah, in here. Quote, women end up being the therapist for their husband and they're getting sick of it. Oh, my God. oh I'm sorry. I thought we were supposed to have uh, a relationship where we... We agreed on the direction of travel and, and we're meant to be open and communicative with each other and we're meant to be decisive. And, you know, maybe if I ha- have a roof over your head, you might listen to my concerns. But, but I, 
Is that not what we're doing here? Am I, am I just... All, all I'm saying, men, is never show weakness in front of a woman. Mm. Unfortunately. It, it shouldn't be that way, but... but it's, I don't know if weakness is the right way to frame it, though. Like, you shouldn't be blubbing. Yes. That's not the way you should express yourself because you, you should comport yourself in such a way where that doesn't come to mind. But you should be able to voice your grievances and complaints and ask questions. But she's, sure. she's saying, like, you should outsource all of your emotional intimacy to a paid professional. Hmm. Right. Thank you, Californian. Yeah. Right. Not great. Um, Wayne Green's diagnosis resembles the American Psychological Association APA guidelines from 2019. I don't know if you've heard of this. They suggested, quote, the main thrust of the subsequent research is that traditional masculinity marked by stoicism, competitiveness, dominance, and aggression is on the whole harmful. So masculinity but not to men. was included as a mental illness, whereas yeah. other things aren't. Harmful to who and by what standard? The longhouse. Exactly. The longhouse by the standards of feminism. Yes. So never take advice from someone who regards your means of competence as a pathology. Um, and also scarcely take advice from women on how to be a man, I, I would suggest. So, so let's... Unless it's Michelle Obama. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think the statement still stands. Carry on. So <laughs> what are the solutions? Now, here's, here's actually a man writing about it. And I was shocked that the New Statesman published this piece. Because usually they're an enemy publication. And he poses some interesting suggestions. There's a, there's a good diagnosis here. Okay. So, the disruption of the link between working-class men and parties of the centre-left is an epochal event driven by Western deindustrialization and the withering of union power and greater automation. So, the Industrial Revolution leading to the Sexual Revolution leading to dispossession. But it, it's, he, he makes an interesting point here because the average trade union member is now a middle-aged white woman. Yes, and they're less focused on material gains and more focused on diversity and inclusion. Yeah. So male concerns have been subordinated to female reputation construction yeah. concerns. And also, you know, I, I'm in the labor union. I work in HR. Yes. The labor union. Yes. Labor. My work is henpecking. Yeah. Thanks. Despite the optimism that disruption would ultimately provide better outcomes, wages have declined in real terms since the 80s across the West. wonder why that was. Maybe that was the, the mass influx of more populations into the workforce. Honestly, I think it's also, like, the, you know that what happened in 1971? Yes. Right? Probably to do with that as well. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, the uh, base money supply. We'll have to ask Dan. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a war on two fronts. I would say. I think it's probably war on more than two fronts. But anyway, sorry. This period has coincided with the acceleration of female workplace participation, declining fertility, liberalizing norms around divorce, homosexuality, and casual sex, and the arrival of the internet. All things I'm against. It has proved the <laughs> perfect breeding the ground. The internet. I'm waiting for the Chinese to EMP us back to feudalism. Yeah, fair enough. For conspiracies and ideologies that appeal to men who feel discarded by society, faced with the paradox of a society whose value system and culture have become ever more radically egalitarian, even as economic divides have widened and work and education become more competitive, there is a natural opening for an ideology that simply dismisses egalitarianism as a lie and promises to give you the key to winning the rigged game. I like what I'm hearing. The yeah, red this pill, is where Andrew Tate comes in. Kind of, yes. Because this is exactly what he's saying. He's an adaptation to the paradigm rather than the rejection of the paradigm. Sure. Uh... But he does promote a rejection of the paradigm. No, he doesn't. In a way, he does. No. He, I think it's all for commercial aspects, though. I don't think he believes Yes. It. Well, I'm not saying he believes I think. I think, oh, you credit where it's due, I think the guy's a genius because he's seen this as like a really good marketing ploy. Like, you know, initially I was like, oh, this guy's pretty good. Until I then looked in more, but most people then don't redo really the looking into it more, do they? And I was like, oh, yeah, he's, he's, taught, he's saying all the right things. It's like, oh, a pimping hose degree and you like to hit women. Yeah. It's also okay. It's I also, think you're just talking crap. <laughs> speaking about Attila the Hun, he reminds me of the barbarian warlord who arrives as a civilization's falling to sack it. And the reason is 
he doesn't he doesn't speak about the ambiguous complementarity of men and women, for right. example. He says you've got to have a fleet of Bugattis akin to your 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 legion of horses to then ride out and be so dominant in Darwinian fashion that these materialistic women fall at your feet because they are basically intimidated by your resources. Mm. It's not about complementarity and love. It's about commanding submission. And so that's actually a precarious place to rest your manhood on. Oh, I agree. And it's the and the only person that can rest his manhood on that is Andrew Tate because everyone else is paying to learn how to be Andrew Tate. Without it's a ever- pretty narrow pyramid that he's at the top of. Yeah. Exactly. So I don't think he's a solution to the paradigm. I think he's just exploiting the existing structure. So he won't actually I'm not saying he's a solution, but he's not promoting the egalitarian paradigm. No, he's not, but he is working within it. Sure, sure. There's there's definitely room for him to maneuver, but that's because they've left such an open ground in healthy male behaviors. Mm. Yeah, if that, if if, they, if we actually had a healthy, constructive view of masculinity, Andrew Tate wouldn't exist. Exactly. Well, this is one of the yeah. lines in here. He says, "For many who take the red pill, it's the old idea of a steady girlfriend of a fulfilling job that they long for." <laughs> that's all they're just asking. Oh, the red pill. What would you like? I'd, I'd like a girlfriend. Yeah. And a job. <laughs> oh, I'm so red pilled. Oh God, it's tragic. Yeah, I'd like lots of responsibilities and things to pay for. Yeah. Yeah. Fascist. I'd like people to not hate me for being a man. Well, the West <laughs> Australian disagrees with that. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, small child. Yeah. yeah. You're gonna get mocked in the Barbie film for that opinion. <laughs> Unlike <laughs> what's going on. Yep. Yeah. Unlike old school conservatism, there is no patriarchal concern for the well-being of women nor any idealistic essentialization of women as gentle souls with the red pill. Tomasi advises men not to get married, avoid family creation if they want to become high-value men. The red pill is a response to being oppressed. That's why. Yes. What, what, what would be the patriarchal concern about women if they are above you and you feel they have the longhouse bearing down on you? Why would you have concern for your oppressor? That's what that saying. Yes. It's purely retaliatory, which is, yeah. which is what... Yeah, no, that's exactly right. It's yeah. This is, this is why I, I don't think it's a solution, but I'm not sure if it's come about. Yeah, it's totally inevitable. Yes. Um, and then Tate built a porn empire. Video games, pop culture, and porn are at once the enemy, but they're also the model. The world is a game, one that you can win with the exploits and character build. Women are just waiting for the right behaviors that will turn them into your porn star. The element of truth here, women don't like underemployed losers with the confidence of a damp towel, becomes an absurd rape fantasy about women falling at the feet of conquering barbarians. Rape fantasy. But weird. Well, it's just stigmatizing, it's stigmatizing those people who actually don't want to be losers. But but also like this, I just find this fascinating. It's like women don't like losers. Well, why have you turned all men into losers? Why have you done that then? Yes, yes. But I like there's a good line there. The red pill moment occurs when men realize that the lessons of nice left liberal culture don't actually help them succeed. Basically, yeah, actually, and that's the egalitarian culture that's actually rigged against them. Yeah, it is. It is actually kind of a zero sum game. In, in this paradigm is when you're competing for this is what we were talking about with Ivan Illich and Evil Origins of Feminism when culture is directing men and women down the same avenues of competence mm-hmm. you've not made them men and women as in um, irreplaceable constituents of a household working together for the same ideal you've made them squabbling siblings yeah. and so we're in the yeah. sibling economy and that's why we're actually less attracted to each other because we're more alike but less compatible than ever and it's no surprise that men are like you know what? I don't like this and so, what's, what's the solution in this article? Many looking at the manosphere will only draw negative lessons. How do I keep my son away from this? We need to sit boys down and explain why Andrew Tate is bad. Many women will say that. 
Yes. But it's a worldview that has emerged in the vacuum of the left that sees masculinity as regressive and has ceased offering coherent critiques of capitalism, individualism, and globalization. The best way to push back against the manosphere is not censorship, or yet more, we need to educate boys not to be sexist. Rather, we need to offer better modes of social critique that allow men and women alike to make sense of the world. Rather than a politics of individualism, men and women are like a client crying out for solidarity. Instead of masculinity that thinks of relationships in terms of conquest and status, we need to make men and boys alive to grace, gift, and common purpose. I mean, in a way, yes, but also in a way, no. Like, say, oh, what we need is better critique. No, that's not the problem. We've had way too much critique. What we need are solid normative value systems where we can say, you as a man should do this. And then a young man's like, yeah, it's a really complicated world. But if I get this apprenticeship and start, you know, hammering on the thing I'm supposed to hammer on, eventually I'll have a house and a wife and kids. Mm. We need- if I just hammer enough, you know, on the, on the anvil of whatever I'm supposed to do. That's, I think, really just most normal young men, that's all they really want. Yeah, vocations and avenues for yeah. practical application. And most people aren't like 130 IQ autists. Again, yeah. hello. They just learn things through habit. Yeah. And when you've revoked habits, you revoke the cultural safety net that catches people that fall through the cracks. And so you've done a great disservice to these men and women who just aren't as engaged with stuff like this as well. They just, they just want a life path that they can follow securely. Yeah, well, one, one thing we were talking about off air is how rewarding manual labor jobs are. Like, I was, I was digging gardens and putting up fences before this, and you were making something tangible before you. You're doing, you're serving a useful purpose. You're making something beautiful, frankly. So you're, and, and the fact that you are knackered at the end of the day, and you step in the shower, and you get all the mud off, and your muscles ache, there's a, a sense of fulfillment there from how exhausted you are because you've proved yourself to yourself. Mm. You just don't, you don't get that from being Dino typing with, as a, in his marketing job with muscles massive, but the strength actually doesn't go. I, I sent 500 emails today. Great job, Dino. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> off, you, off your pump to 500. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But time to go to the gym. <laughs> yeah. Here's where we lack solutions. Okay. Yeah. This article. Ooh. In praise of heroic masculinity, The Atlantic. Surprising. The Atlantic. By Caitlin Flanagan. Okay. Yes. Which. <laughs> right and again you know what she's probably not she's, she's not, not. Well, I don't know. she's actually very yeah. very sympathetic but sympathetic to the problems that can't provide a solution because you just don't know it's like I wouldn't presume to to tell women how to deal with menstruation for example I just wouldn't right because I'm never going to experience that I'm never going to talk about the physical sensations of childbirth because that would be mad. So to try and talk about the solutions for men from an embodied perspective, you just sort of can't. But look at that tagline. Teach boys that strength can be a virtue. Like in no other period of history yes. has that been necessary because all of the cultural messaging that young men would have had was strength. I mean, it predicated on the idea that strength is a virtue. But they're also more embodied. Again, like oh, grip, grip strength has declined. Um, it's, it's, it's not even grip strength. It's moral strength, if nothing else. Right? Mm. You know, it, like, it's not even, I mean, obviously physical strength is an important part, but just the strength to hold the line on your own standards and your own red lines. But I think they're interconnected. This is something that I'm, yeah, sure. I'm, I'm going to nick from Stefan. Why I keep getting sacked. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, this is something that Stefan Molyneux said the other day, actually, so I'm going to steal it. It's that you don't know what you believe until you're strong. Because yeah, yeah. if you operate in the world from a position of physical weakness, yeah. you actually can't assert yourself because you're constantly afraid of being physically overpowered. Yeah. And that's and this is something Nina Power pointed out to me. The etymology of virtue is actually from virility. It's implicitly yeah. associated with masculinity and testosterone. So you do actually need to be embodied, like ditch fluoride toothpaste, start eating meat, um, take cold showers, and like because you if you reintroduce difficulty back into cold your baths. life, 
that's just decadent. You look like Shrek in that bloody tub in the, <laughs> your back garden. But if you reintroduce that difficulty in a very comfortable world, you will feel more more ingrained with yourself and you will feel more assertive. Like you'll be speaking with your chest rather than being a chestless man. Mm-hmm. And so there's some good bits in this article. Like she points out um, toxic masculinity was coined in the 1980s by Shepard Bliss and he was trying to create the mythopoetic manhood moment. So he was trying to distinguish healthy masculinity from the kind of masculinity he'd grown up with with his dad where his mum was being beaten up. So he had good intentions, but it's just been co-opted by the feminists. And then so she starts pointing out the obvious. If the noun masculinity can be modified by the adjective toxic, then there must exist its opposite, which can be revealed by a different adjective. What is it? The opposite of toxic masculinity is heroic masculinity. It's all around us. You depend on it for your safety, as does the author. It is also entirely taken for granted, even reviled until trouble comes, and it is ungratefully demanded by the people who usually decry it. It's like the concept. Uh, Heidegger has a concept called unready to hand about technology. You don't realize the device you're using until it breaks. And so you don't realize the virtue of men until you can't open the pickle jar or you need someone to rescue you from a burning building. Yeah. That's the, and, and so we've entered such a comfortable gynocratic longhouse society that until a proper crisis strikes, yeah. we won't be able to reveal the, the virtues of masculinity. Toxic and heroic masculinity can exist in the same man. There are plenty of examples of a bad man who sees something unjust and who suddenly, if only for five minutes, takes time to stop another man from harming someone else, puts a stop to it. For that tiny stretch of time, he's connected with greatness. And it concludes with, what if we understood that boys are born into a destiny, but not a pathology? But this is frustrating because you can say all this as an abstraction, but you're not living it. Yes. And so it compounds this, this, this problem here which comes back to Tate, and she says, have you ever noticed there are a lot of otherwise reasonable young men who admire Andrew Tate, a vile and widely watched influencer facing charges of rape, human trafficking, and organized crime, which he denies. That is because the only thing they've been taught about masculinity is that it's a dangerous and suspicious and possibly socially constructed fantasy they must cast off in every way possible. They're so confused that when they finally see a thug like Tate reveling in his talk of dominating and abusing women, they think he's admirable. At least he isn't telling them that they're bad seeds. If we don't give these boys positive examples of strength or virtue, they will look elsewhere. But you aren't one. I'm sorry. I understand the principle of saying this. Like I agree totally. Mm. Name them, but you can't because you conflate Peterson and Tate in the same sentence. You you don't know what positive examples of strength are because you can't manifest that. But also, like you said, it's nowhere in, nowhere instantiated in the world. Like I, and I, I always come back to the example of my son being told at school he shouldn't punch someone who punched him in the first place. He shouldn't punch them back. I was told that all the time. Yeah, I know. And I I, I had a big argument with the school about this. I was like, I don't care what you say. He's got my authorization. Yeah. Schools draw false equivalencies between the yeah. person that instigates the person who retaliates. It's a woman who was in charge. Yes. I fought a bully at school and uh, you obviously went to the headmaster and um, they're like, right, well, Callum, you can't be doing this. I was like, I can't promise that. Yeah. Because <laughs> I've been told, you know, I've been brought up to like do what's right. Yeah. Sometimes doing what's right involves, you know, it's like, it's like I mentioned last time I was here, you know. Every man has a monster inside him. A good man knows when to use it. Yes. Like, like if, I was like, if, if someone's picking on my friends again, I'm, I'm going to have to fight them. Yeah. <laughs> it's just what it is. Yeah. And, you know, but it's right. Like, I think every man is a rite of passage to be a man yeah. must get punched. Yeah. I think every man at some point in their life must get punched. I don't think you know how to become a man unless you... It's almost like learning boundaries. Mm. You know, you push things too far and you get hit. You go, oh, yeah. Okay, I kind of know where a line is now, but you also know how it feels to kind of bit of confrontation and you learn from it. 
be in a fight, manual labor, be a dad. I think those are three very strong participation rituals to be able to call yourself a man. And and so I just wanted to finish with uh, a little thing that I wrote a little while ago because I can't really put it anywhere better than this. Um, Kelly J. Keene, she's fought to let women speak, voicing their concerns about men entering their protected spaces. On matters concerning men, I think men would quite like to do the same. So um, if mainstream platforms would allow us to fix our own problems rather than letting us keep being henpecked, we'd really appreciate it. The fact that we've got to ask like that, though. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, I put, I put in there. Take it, please, please stop. I hate it. We're asking from basically the same position that the feminists were before when they were saying that constantly bringing up proof of patriarchy. That look, we can't vote. It's like, well, we can't even talk. So what now? Who's got the whip hand here? We can't vote. Oh god, I wish. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> speaking of the efficacy of voting, let's talk about America's two-tier justice system uh, because this has become just undeniable at this point there are just some unbelievably good examples of how america operates on a system where it is if you are politically on one side of the fence you are forgiven for everything and if you are politically on the other side of the fence you are unfairly persecuted friend enemy distinction in play or you could say it's repressive tolerance which i think would be more accurate we have actually done quite a lot of repressive tolerance on the website but for this one, uh, Harry recently published uh, an article called On the Difficulty of Right-Wing Organization, and you are going to see a lot of that in this segment. Um, it, it, this is a great article, by the way. I read it before the, the uh, thing, and you should go and read it too. It's actually free. The reason I bring up Friend Enemy in here is because Harry does mention it, because he, he, does. he, he speaks about the fact that there are people in the anti-woke coalition who exist, who promote their, their principles as some kind of... Um, uh, abstraction that sandbags any ability for us to retaliate against our enemies because we are being unilaterally persecuted. Yes. It's, it's the same principle that, that Schmidt had. It said, like, the liberal, when asked Christ or Barabbas, will convene a committee and decide. And by the time that they finish deciding, the person is already crucified. Yeah. But the, the, the friend enemy distinction is just the right wing version of repressive tolerance, really. It's the same principle. Um, anyway, so Enrique Tarrio, the uh, ex chairman of the Proud Boys, was sentenced to 22 years in prison for his part in the January the 6th riots. Is this the guy that was in Maryland when it happened? Yeah, he wasn't there. Literally wasn't even, he was in Maryland. He was also literally banned from Washington, D.C. Yeah, because there was a warrant out for his arrest and about something yeah. else. But So he wasn't he, even there. Well, no, he, I, I, the New York Times, uh, Washington Post tells us. Uh, Tario was convicted even though he wasn't in Washington on January the 6th. He's been arrested two days early for burning a Black Lives Matter flag torn down from a D.C. church, because it tells you everything about the problems in America at the moment, during an earlier protest uh, following Trump's defeat and was banned from the city as a result. Now, I will say, yep. probably a silly move to take the flag down, burn sure. it down in front of the church. And it'll get you banned from Washington, D.C. Yes, but what a However, legend. <laughs> <laughs> However, also I would also be far more furious had they not been burning down lots of other churches and sent Trump into yeah. the underground White House bunker on 529, which should have been counted as an insurrection. Yeah, if, if they hadn't burned down so many cities, I might be more sympathetic to the BLM case. Um, but the, this, Tario himself was convicted of seditious conspiracy and obstructing the congressional proceeding meant to confirm the 2020 election. He wasn't there. He physically was not there. So I can't say I really think there's a just sentence, personally, right? Didn't he basically just send a text with the Ash Sarkar line, we're winning, lads? Yeah, basically, yeah. That's, that's essentially... I've been watching the football. <laughs> uh, prosecutors said he had recruited people to join in a violent assault on the Capitol 
uh, to keep Trump in power and messaged them, quote, don't effing leave. Oh, so he works for the FBI? So no, no, they were in there. <laughs> and he was like, don't leave. And they're like, oh, this is seditious conspiracy. You are overthrowing a republic in a, in a city you're not even allowed in. You're not present, but you are the ringleader of all of this. And so of all of the, there have been five uh, Proud Boys, I believe, who have been sentenced. Uh, he got the worst. A lot of them have been getting 17 years, 15 years, 10 years. He got 22 years. This is symbolic, though. Do you remember oh, when, when on the debate stage, Trump was asked about the Proud Boys and he just said, stand back and stand by. And they yeah. used a clip to recycle that saying, oh, they're basically the paramilitary wing of the MAGA Republic. They, they, are, they are anchoring this on him yeah. because he is just a symbol. It doesn't matter whether he was there or not, how effective they are, how extremist they are, because they're not. It's just, it's a cudgel they can use. There are people in prison still who they haven't even had a trial yet, haven't they? Yeah, Josh, yeah. Has, Josh has re-spoken yeah. to one of them again still. We, we have interviews with them on the website yep. because this is such an obvious miscarriage of justice. Like, what? It's so obviously political. This is what I just don't get with it, with the modern world. Like, we, we complain and like most people, like, you know, you see so many people these days, like, they'll complain on Twitter. I'm like, okay, what are you going to do? <laughs> like, well, I'm like, no, 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 come on. Like, if you really feel strongly about it, you know, I've been inside migrant camps. Why? Because I feel strongly about it. I want to go and expose this stuff. I go in the hotels. I'll go and piss people off in the street. But everyone else is just, oh, well, I'm going to tweet, retweet, retweet. Like, let's do something. There's actually a lot of us. If we just do something, this will be done. It's like with all the mortgage rates and all that. Oh, we're, we're, it, it, it's screwing us all over. Well, let's do something. There's a lot of... The, the problem is people don't know what to do. That's the problem. And when someone does something like... A, a, I mean, a riot, I think, is the best description for it, but it was supposed to be a protest. Mm. Okay, that's a protest. It's not an attempt to overthrow the republic in arms of all the countries in all the world with guns. The fact that not a single one of them had a weapon kind of shows me that it wasn't a coup. Right. Except for the policeman that shot well, we'll Ashley Babbitt. We'll, we'll get him. Let, let's carry on, right? Because there's just loads here, right? So uh, a bunch of other than uh, were convicted. They wanted terrorism charges for Tario, the prosecutors. But the judge was like, well, there's no evidence that Tario, not there at the time, was planning on committing mass casualties in D.C. So we can't actually give him a terrorism charge. Because he, none of them were with guns. He wasn't there at all. And they didn't seem to have a plan to blow everyone up. Oh, thank God for small mercies. Oh, they seem reasonable. Though. Yeah, very reasonable. <laughs> exactly. He's not a terrorist. He's just a seditious conspiracist who is trying to overthrow the Republic. Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> totally reasonable, right? But uh, Tario himself has completely capitulated to all these. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I, I was watching uh, media that told me my anger was justified. I do not think what happened that day is acceptable. And to be fair, I don't blame him for just essentially falling on the mercy of an obviously political But they're going to do it anyway. That's yeah, Exactly. I, I don't blame him, but have we learned nothing? <clears throat> yeah. Like, the thing you is, say sorry. Like, they did a family guy about when Brian said sorry, and they still go for him. Yeah, but the thing is, they may well have been like, you know what? Yeah, it was terrorism. You do get the full force. So, I don't blame him for doing that. There's, you know, you are right. They're going to do it anyway, but who knows? Right. Um, so, anyway, even uh, his lawyers pointing out that kind of he was a fed wasn't good enough, apparently. Uh, uh, his lawyers pointed out the history of working law enforcement. Uh, court records show that he previously worked undercover for investigators during a 2012 fraud case he was in, involved in. I don't know anything about it. I'm not going to say he's a fed. I was just joking. That was, that was well before the Proud Boys were even started. It was well before the Proud Boys. So who knows? You know, but the point is, 
It doesn't matter what your history or past history of service is. If you fall on the wrong side of the dividing line of politics, you will get absolutely creamed by the status quo. And so that brings us to uh, Mr. Ray Epps. Oh, he's yeah, he's going to get done, isn't he? Tomorrow, we need to go into the Capitol. Into the Capitol. What? No! Tomorrow, I don't even like to say it because I'll be arrested. Well, let's not say it. We need, we let's need to safe. go. I'll say it. All right. We need to go in. Shut the fuck up, Boomer. To the Capitol. Face <laughs> fed posting. <laughs> we need to go into the Capitol. I didn't see that coming. Okay. We are going to the Capitol, where our problems are. It's that direction. Please spread the word. All right. No, Dave, but one more thing. Yeah, so should we go up there? No? When we go in. Are we going to get arrested if we go up there? You don't need to get shot. Should arrest us all? So we'll leave that there because that's going on. But <clears throat> I can see there's plenty of footage of Rayaps, not just at the protest, but actively organizing people to go into the Capitol. What's fascinating is when Ted Cruz asking the FBI um, head about this, he said, were there federal agents on January 6th? I can't comment. It was Ray Epps an yeah. FBI informant? Oh, I can't comment. Yeah. Oh, that's it, not a no then. Yeah. And in fact, <laughs> if you look at Ray Epps, so Ray Epps has not been charged with anything, right? So he can be there. He can be on camera multiple times telling people, you must go into the Capitol. Inciting trespassing. At the very least, right? He can literally be at the barricade trying to get people to go in, and he gets charged with nothing. Do you know the, the New York Times actually wrote a puff piece on him? And I will get, him? I'll get oh, to that okay. in a second because it's, it's mad, right? So on the Wikipedia page, just quoting from there, you know, Tucker Carlson kept bringing up Reps, good man, saying that he essentially stage-managed the insurrection, which he did kind of look like he was. And in 2021, a video of Ray Epps was played by Republican Congressman Thomas Massey during a House oversight hearing. Uh, Massey asked Merrick Garland, the Attorney General, why Epps had not been charged with any crime, and Garland refused to comment. What could possibly be the reason? Unless, I mean, and this is why everyone thinks, well, chanting Fed. Exactly, right? And, they, and what cracks me up is the autistic Zoomers instantly said, no, wait, this guy's trying to hurt us. You're glowing like a worm. Exactly. What, no, <laughs> and it's a guy called Baked Alaska, like, you know, some of, some of the um, best and brightest of the uh, Groper Twitter, right. uh, who instantly clocked, oh no, we shouldn't do that. That's a good idea. Uh, don't do that. This guy's a fed, right? Yeah. And so, I mean, they went in anyway, because idiots. But, um, but the point is, you know, it became instantly obvious that this guy is not one of them. Uh, and then he starts getting loads of favorable coverage. As you said, there were you know lots of puff pieces. This is just one of many puff pieces that portray him as the victim of his attempt at an insurrection, I suppose. Like, look, look at the title there. Jan 6th protester, now at the center of far-right conspiracy, says he relives the Capitol riot every day. The what, where he's yelling, go in, go in. What? Why did you say it? Conspiracy is his own words. Exactly. It's you, exactly. You're the head of the conspiracy. It's very 1984, isn't it? Like it's mad. Deceive your own eyes. Yeah, like do not believe what you're seeing. It's mad. And listen to this write-up. Right. What do you think you would have to do to get a write-up like this? Right. 
For millions of consumers of conservative news, Ray Epps is a notorious villain, a provocateur responsible for turning peaceful protests on January 6th into a violent assault on the Capitol. Yes. I think that's only because they watched the video of him doing it. Right? That's only because of that. Right? The irony is that Epps was a passionate supporter of President Trump, but is often uh, his contradictory behavior that day spawned a full-fledged conspiracy theory, casting him as a government agent who cited an insurrection. Today, Epps is in hiding after death threats forced him to sell his home. So who is Ray Epps? Tonight, you'll hear from the government and the man himself. What do I have to do to get that kind of sympathetic write-up from CBS? Tonight, you will hear the truth from the defendant and the accused. (laughs) Just, I just... Mariana Spring didn't even reach us for comment. No, 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 exactly. I, I I get blocked when I say that's not correct, right? And so... Then we go into uh, him. He's suing Fox News for right. these various claims. Like, okay, but what were you doing? I tell you why this won't go anywhere. Discovery. Well, yeah. So this won't actually happen because otherwise, reps would have to turn over plenty of things, as yeah. with the intelligence services. Yeah. yeah. Mm. This but is just for headlines. I think it would go somewhere because, as we've seen the past few years, evidence doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> True. Fair point. Well, yeah. I mean, if you can be convicted of organizing the crime while yeah, being like, in the city. While in the face of a guy saying, go over there, then, yeah, you're right. I it's mean, like, it's like, you know, the, um, the George Floyd stuff. Like, oh, I know, you know, um, Derek Chauvin killed him. He, 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 well, firstly, one, you hear the man say, I can't breathe while stood up. And while he sat in the police car. And then he actually, they even looked at this in, in court. He moves his knee from further up his back to yeah. lower. And like, so, so the evidence here literally like contradicts everything you say. Yes, guilty. Yeah, but anyway, so uh, let's talk about the the police officer who shot Ashley Babbitt. Uh, this was a man called. I do have his name here. I just can't remember where it is. It is there somewhere? Wait, Lieutenant Lieutenant Michael Bird. That's it. Um, yeah, Lieutenant Michael Leroy Bird. And but look, I mean, look at this though, right? So his name was known to U.S. Capitol Police, congressional staffers, and federal investigations, but no one would divulge it. Uh, why he shot someone? No, in, co- no comment. In a crowded hallway <laughs> with his other colleagues, when they were flanked by police officers being walked around, yes. an unarmed person who wasn't doing anything. I mean, there were other people trying to break in, but she wasn't. Hmm. So why did she get shot? You know, and okay, he was shot blindly round the corner of a door. Yeah, yeah, it's it's mental, right? And uh, so, I mean. Needless to say, Babbitt's family were like, well, uh, they're protecting this man. This is political. This is not about justice. Or a conspiracy theorist. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Okay, mental. Yeah. Just because your daughter was just murdered for no reason. Just because they all know who he is, but no one will divulge it. <laughs> you know, that's no reason to think that there's some sort of conspiracy. I mean, that's real toxic masculinity right there. <laughs> but anyway, so finally, we get to know who he is. And then he's just cleared of all wrongdoing without even being interviewed about what happened. Isn't that mad? But he gets an interview with the mainstream press to clear his name. Exactly. And then he's, he's, he's the victim of the woman he shot, yes. is how this is being portrayed. Uh, he went on NBC Nightly News to sell, tell his side of the shooting. Uh, and uh, killing of unarmed rioter Ashley Babbitt. Oh, he's such a victim here. How could she have done this to him? <laughs> but, yeah. but look at, the, look at his look, watery eyes, like he's crying. So yeah. She she's just let she just walked on the end of my bullet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it wasn't right? my fault. But uh, as uh, the family attorney Terry Roberts for the Babbitt family 
says uh, he didn't provide any statements to criminal investigators and they didn't push him to make a statement. It's astonishing how skimpy his investigative file is. That's wild, isn't it? Pay like, no attention to the murderer behind the curtain. Exactly, right? And so I, I thought we'd just finish on this last thing, which now, I mean, you might expect something like this to happen in Britain, uh, but you wouldn't expect something like this to happen in America because you would think the First Amendment would prevent this kind of thing. But there was a social media influencer called Douglas Mackey who used to run an anonymous Twitter account called Ricky Vaughn. Uh, Ricky Vaughn was an alt-right yeah. Twitter account. And you might know, what happened to this guy? Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, because he was, you know, you'd see his memes around. Yeah, stuff. memes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. He was a, a meme account who had the Charlie Sheen with the MAGA cap on, right? And everyone knew who he was, you know. Uh, but it turns out this guy was a guy called Douglas Mackey from Florida. And he was convicted, as the United States Attorney Office tells us, uh, by a federal jury in Brooklyn of the charge of conspiracy against rights. This is a meme account on Twitter. Stemming from his scheme to deprive individuals of their constitutional right to vote. My oh, goodness. yes. My I goodness, remember what, what, what could he have possibly done? Like, what systems did he interfere with? Who was, was he fiddling with the ballot box? Was he messing around with the Dominion voting systems? Did he burst that pipe in Georgia? Exactly. Who knows? Was he a voter who was born on the 1st of January 1900 in Philadelphia? <laughs> <laughs> who knows what he could have done? Well, the attorney's office tells us. Mackey conspired with other influential Twitter users. Okay, I'm not hearing where the depriving of votes come from here. Groiper29784. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Son of a bitch. (laughs) We've got you now, Ricky Bourne. Right. And other members of private online groups to use social media platforms. How how is anyone deprived of a vote using a social media platform, including Twitter, to disseminate fraudulent messages that encourage supporters of presidential candidate Hillary Clinton to vote via text message or social media, which in reality is legally invalid? If you fall for that, you do not deserve to participate in the voting process anyway. But that's not depriving anyone of their vote. Because even if they did that, they could be like, oh wait, that doesn't work. I'm just going to go down and vote anyway. Do you reckon anyone laughed in court when the memes, when the evidence was shown? It's like, a Brooklyn jury, I don't think so. Like, imagine like the judge giggled. And yeah, like, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Quite funny, but guilty. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's, it's so preposterous that this is the thing that he is in jail for right now. He's in jail. This carries 10 years. Meanwhile, as uh, we've seen recently with, with Laura Loomer's investigation, there are actual possible Azov Battalion members who have shown up at rallies <laughs> yeah. saying they support Joe Biden, not been arrested. You can tell them by their face tattoos. Yeah. And seriously, they're at January 6th taking photos with Jacob Chansley, the QAnon shaman. And, and why are these people just allowed to roam the streets? And even weirder, Antifa don't turn up to the guys who have literally got Nazi flags, hmm. who are literally zig-heiling and screeching about Jews and the white race and whatnot. Antifa are nowhere to be seen. Curious. It is very strange. But yeah, anyway... But memes are way worse. Uh, another <laughs> thing uh, that happened literally just before we went live is that apparently Owen Schroyer, uh, the InfoWars yes. host, is being investigated as well for political commentary, which I assume somehow also connects to all of this. What, because he was on the ground while there? Yeah, like I said, it, it happened literally just for the podcast, so I haven't managed to look into it, which is why I haven't properly included it. But uh, Owen Troyer is also under the eye of Sauron as well. Uh, and if you can go to jail for 10 years for posting a meme, then I would suggest that possibly he's in trouble as well. I'm pretty concerned because I went to America back in 2018. Mm-hmm. So I might get arrested for all this because, you know, 
Well, you don't have to be in the in the same city and you get arrested. I was in DC in I July. Went there. Let's hope you don't get extradited by Rishi Sunak. I probably would, don't he? They all wear. Yeah, he probably would. Yeah. Anyway, leave that there. Delightful. Right onto onto something a bit more more lighthearted, I suppose. Uh, a little while ago, I, I did a brief segment on how far right has become a term that's stretched to encompass so many people, like. Russell Brand and Joe Rogan, that it's just ultimately meaningless. And a little while ago, you did a segment with Peter from Hearts of Oak about how this is also applied to politicians like Pierre Polivare and the fella in Argentina who are just saying boilerplate libertarian things and yes. they're calling them the mid-century Germans. I'd like to pay fewer taxes. Typical Nazi. Yeah. No, <laughs> that's, that's not The beer hall putsch didn't really start with a <laughs> debate about fiscal policy. No. Uh, well, well, since then, it turns out that a few more personal... Um, lifestyle choices have just been annexed to the oh. far right. Mm-hmm. So we can just start claiming sensible things. Because I, I went down to March for Life last Saturday and, and a, uh, a rather dejective, shaved-headed woman decided to take one look at my well-tailored jacket and point, there's a Nazi right there. Don't really think she's watched the show. But if they're going to... To be fair, Hugo Boss did do their uniforms. <laughs> yeah, the, the Mercedes can make a great car, I'm sure. Um, but and is well-dressed. Typical Nazi. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so stupid, sexy for Trump supporters. Yeah, exactly. But if they're just going to put all that in one category, I think, you know, why not claim things like dresses and being attractive? So it's, it's classic cult gaslighting. If you'd like to learn more about that, you can pay us as little as £5 a month to watch Josh's Contemplation series. This is the fourth part of his cult series where he's gone into cult psychologists. And it turns out that loads of the psychologists, these experts on what really comprises a cult, just means um, any beliefs that aren't progressive. Right. Yes. Who could have predicted that? Yes. There was a there was a young there was a young boy who was a Christian, and they said that he was um uh, far right because he'd fallen down the the rabbit hole, and so we have to subject him to a struggle session. What was that, the that Aussie kid in Western Australia? <laughs> well, what was the rabbit hole? Well, he read the Bible. Yeah. He became a Christian. <laughs> Carl, that's how it starts. <laughs> <laughs> and so let's go on to the first one. Actually, speaking of uh, uh, of Aussie, uh, not Australia, but Austrian this time. Oh, yeah. Um, cash is far right. So. The Austrian leader backs the far right idea of enshrining cash in the constitution. Why is that far? What? Oh, yeah, no, average far right belief. Yep, yep, brilliant. People I've, should I've probably have up access one. to independent money that can't be turned off. I'm far right. By happily. Klaus Schwab, by pressing a button. Yeah, I agree. I'm totally far right, bro. Austria's ah. conservative chancellor, Karl Nehammer, wants the right to use cash enshrined in the constitution, he told Austrian media in remarks published on Friday. An idea the far right freedom party has been pushing for years. Yeah, freedom, totally far right idea, bro. Remember that last Austrian that wanted to control people? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Cracking artist, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, it, this is precisely Hitler's initial gambit. Yeah. Actually. <laughs> this is the opening paragraph in Mein Kampf. Yeah, because the problem. You know, <laughs> What are you talking about? Well, the problem with Weimar Germany was not enough cash being printed, of course. (laughs) (laughs) So despite the Austrian National Bank's repeated assurances there are no plans to do away with cash, it's not happening until it's a good thing, the FPO has argued that the right to use cash and the freedom to pay anonymously are at risk. Until now, the Conservatives have dismissed such arguments. Okay, Okay, Austrian National Bank, if there are no plans to do away with it, then you should have no objections to us enshrining in the Constitution. What's your objection? Yes. No comment. <laughs> okay, conspiracy theorist. Um, also, so women, they're far right. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> First time ever, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, this is a SNP um, member of parliament, Mari Black. Uh, yes. To Looks be- like the average SNP member of parliament. To be honest. She was like 21 when she got elected, wasn't she? she was- it shows you everything about what you need to know to become yeah, a member. Yeah, because I think 
to be fair, didn't, didn't you like a bit of bumper cocaine in uh, in Parliament? I was like, oh, the first first one of the only MPs I actually respect right now. You're actually going against things. Well, she's hitting the diversity quota for Scotland because they normally just only do heroin. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, she looks like Danny DeVito's penguin. So I wouldn't really trust her with anything. But but there you go. Um, like, okay, so you you're a member, you're you're a, you're a voting citizen. You're like, right, I want to vote for someone with political knowledge on how this country could be run well. Would you really take a 21 year old? Oh, so what's really interesting is back when I was in the policy sphere, the SNP had asked for us to respond to a consultation that was saying that we're going to create um, like community focus groups for climate policy, and they started at 16. Brilliant. To be fair, I'd have voted for 21-year-old me. Not because I'm far right, because I'm right so far. <laughs> Get out. Leave. <laughs> Cringe. Far right. <laughs> So, gender-critical campaigners are comparable to white supremacists. This is the SNP's deputy Westminster leader. Yeah, yeah, she's, she definitely needs to be in a position of prominence. Maury Black said that bad actors and 50-year-old Karens were responsible for the debate over transgender rights and suggested those who vocally disagreed with her views on such issues could not be decent people. She added, there are definitely bad actors at play who are radicalizing people who are vulnerable. They are radicalizing people who are too online. The irony. Yeah. <laughs> and they're also using this small community as a wedge issue to cause chaos and make people divide among themselves. Oh, and- who's doing that? <laughs> who's using the small community as a wedge issue to cause chaos? Uh, oh, it's the, the gender critical feminist, right? It's not the trans activists. Okay, yes. got you. Yes, it's 51% of the population. That, that small fringe minority, yeah. yes. Honestly. When you start tracing it back, the money always links back to fundamental Christian groups in America, <laughs> Baptist groups, and anti abortion organizations. How do we get some of that? I wish. I really wish that they would have we well email her and be like, yeah, could you name them? Have you got any contacts? <laughs> you know, we'd love to get some of that. Do they have a fun day? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? yeah, it's, yeah, is there an open day or something? Go down, we'll put up a stall. <laughs> yeah. You know, fund the far right. I don't know. Coconut shy for funding yeah. by the Heritage yeah, yeah, Foundation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, so speaking of women, uh, frilly dresses, far right. Uh, yeah. So look, yeah. Looking, looking, yeah. Looking, looking pretty and feminine, far right. I mean, I mean, look at the author. Yes. Yeah. Isn't that Roz from Monsters, Inc.? <laughs> Always watching Wazowski. Yeah. In, in, in her younger days, yes. Wouldn't. Trad wives can be traced back and the red them. pill women. For... You can't fix that five head. This is what happens when you keep your thoughts to yourself. She should have done it more. Uh, <laughs> trad wives can be traced back to the red pill women forum that was set up in 2013. The red pill women forum? Yeah, all 10 users of that. Like, Never heard of it. <laughs> what? Right wing anti feminist women. I mean, they sound great. That's a brilliant advert for them. Yes. Don't tread on my uterus. Oh, again, <laughs> that March for Life thing, right? And they they, yeah. they they were chanting, get your rosaries off my ovaries. And I was like, yeah, that's the Catholic position, <laughs> actually. Yeah. I don't want to be anywhere near them. <laughs> but isn't this like a far right uh, flag anyway? It's meant, to be, it's meant to be a feminist version of the Gadsden flag. Yeah, but then it's like, okay, what, you, know, you can't exactly create a feminist version of the Nazi flag, can you? You know, be irrevocably tainted with the thing that you're parodying. Sure. I mean, Lawrence Fox did and nearly got arrested for exactly. it. Exactly. It was literally a crime. So all I'm saying is this flag is directly connected to slavery. I don't know why they would have that. Anyway. Yeah. It isn't, but I'll let them no, of keep believing it. There we go. <laughs> you know, yeah. By um, their own logic. Yeah. 30,000 women identified as red pill women or trad wives when this was up. As with most far-right trends, That's most of them appear to be in the US. But due to the network nature of the modern far-right, trends that start stateside don't remain there. Um, the article then keeps going on to complain about women saying white women should have more babies. Why do they always look minging at these marches? Wow. Because like they don't have to worry about abortion. Like, yep. I'd rather not come out with sandpaper in my hand instead <laughs> of 
It's chicken and egg though, isn't it? Like, are they ugly because they're politics or do they have the politics because they're ugly? <laughs> no, it's definitely that. It's definitely the second one. Yeah. Yes. Definitely. Yes. yes. Communism is only for the dysgenic. Um, she also complains, uh, concludes with the need for, quote, women and their allies to stop at nothing to defend their hard-won rights um, with the implication, of course, being that to abort. I'd like to hear more from the right-wing anti-feminist women, actually. <laughs> Can we get their opinions on something? I keep interviewing them, and yeah. they're very, very nice. Yeah. So that's on the website for all of you for free. Um, also, speaking of attraction, being attractive is far right. Um, inside the wellness to fascism <laughs> pipeline. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my, my self-esteem was down, you see. So I lost a couple of stone, and then I joined the Nazi party. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Mussolini, avid yoga practitioner. Yeah, exactly. So, I've got some interviews here <laughs> from. Sorry, gone. It's just so ridiculous. From James Ball, who's a picture of health. Look at, look at his face. Just look, look, take me seriously about the wellness to fascism pipeline, please. He looks like the guy sure. where, you know, that uh, recent um, immigrant in Sweden that was climbing up the. He looks like the guy that goes, oh, please don't. He just please, absolutely. Please don't. Please don't. He he is he's basically Will from the Inbetweeners. Actually, how does he have ginger eyebrows but black hair? I don't know, but he looks like the sort of person who thinks wellness can be equated to fascism. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I think he needs more fascism in that case. Um, Jane, not her real name, is nervous about speaking to me. She asked that I don't identify her or the small south coast Devon town in which she lives. Oh, what a Nazi. <laughs> well, <laughs> is it Totnes where you went and radicalized them all again? Uh, I've been back. <laughs> I haven't been back, actually. <laughs> But according to the BBC, I've been back. We just enjoy look. spreading disinformation yeah. on this podcast. <laughs> I'm feeling disloyal because I'm talking about people yeah, I've known for 30 or 40 years. Sorry, the BBC would literally have it that me saying I haven't been back to Totnes, which is the reality of the situation, will be dis disinformation. According to the... Oh my God, I hate this world. Jane isn't oh trying to blow the whistle on government, corruption or organized crime. She wants to tell me about her old meditation group. They've been moving generally to far-right views, bordering on racism and really pro-Russian views of the Ukraine war, she says. Really? Really? A, a woman's meditation group in Devon is like, God, I do love Putin. Like, he's so great. <laughs> Maybe they watch Dan's segment. Yeah, exactly. A bit of Adolf Hitler as well. I've been reading Mein Kampf here. And, you know, like, come on. Who believes this? It started very much with health, with COVID denial, anti-lockdown, anti-masks, and it became anti-everything. The BBC lie, don't listen to them. Many such cases. All I'm saying, this is great news for us. <laughs> this is great. Follow what you see on the internet. And for as little as £5 a month, <laughs> things came to a head when one day before well, we are demonetized, session, so come and help us out. <laughs> an activity designed to relax the mind and spirit, pushing away all worldly concerns, the group played a conspiratorial video arguing that 15 minute cities and low traffic zones were part of a global plot. Oh, but it was mine. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your service, Lee. Yeah. Jane finally gave up. The wellness to woo pipeline, or even wellness to fascism pipeline, has become a cause of concern to people who study conspiracy theories. <laughs> I'm just picturing like someone doing downward facing dog going, have you heard about those bio labs on the Ukraine Russian board? <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the obsession with COVID here as well. It's like average fascists is like maybe the government shouldn't lock down all of society. Yeah. You know, maybe the government doesn't have that authority and they're just like, oh my God. Hold on, let me put my healing crystals down to strap up my jackboots. <laughs> when I was driving here, have you heard that, um, that advert about, um, you know, tell us your story about the, um, for the COVID inquiry because every story matters. I was like, oh, now it matters. Yeah. You know, now, now that it's done, now you yeah, can. My, my story okay. is my love life was killed while Matt Hancock was playing grab ass for two years. Cheers. Appreciate that. <laughs> that just goes to show you autistic people can get some. Yeah. <laughs> 
thanks to wellness. Yeah, I mean, that is a good point. If Matt Hancock can get some, everyone's got a chance. Let's <laughs> hope for us all, boys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> QAnon is the conspiracy theory that can draw in the mum who shops at Holland and Barrett and her Andrew Tate watching Teenage Son. A curse. Right. <laughs> <laughs> just brilliant. Okay. A cursory <laughs> online request about this issue led me to be deluged with responses. One person recounted how her pole dancing instructor, up your street, mate, would. While up the pole, hanging on with their legs, explain how the CIA was covering up evidence of avian, <laughs> aliens and offering tips on avoiding alien abduction. Amazing. Where's that strip club? So I'm taking amazing. all my money there right now. All my far right cash. Yeah, hell of a single. My real money. <laughs> <laughs> One. <laughs> this is just so good. Though. Dance with me and tell me about the bio lab. <laughs> <laughs> Making it rain because actually the government controls the weather. Yeah. <laughs> I love this so much, man. <laughs> a physiotherapist would tell me why working on my back with me lying face down, don't get any ideas, about her weekly meetings in London about current affairs. There was a whiff about it, but it was ignorable. That Then the last time I saw her, she muttered something darkly about the Rothschilds and people like that. I didn't go back. <laughs> I want the number. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I do have a bit of a back issue, actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had three successive personal trainers who were anti-vax, one Belgian, two Swiss. <laughs> Maybe they just spent time at Davos. I was told by a British man who'd spent most of the past decade working in Europe for the World Economic Forum. Go on. When the trainer found out the man was working for the World Economic Forum, he was immediately cut off. Brilliant. It's almost like um, people that were close to the belly of the beast know exactly what's going on, but, but there you go. Um, Speaking of things that smell a bit dodgy, um, not smelling is far right. Yep. If you hate body over, <laughs> yep. more likely to have far right views. Again, five years old, this is well known. Yep. That if you don't smell terrible, then you're a right winger. Yep. People who have a greater tendency to turn their nose up at the whiff of urine, sweat, and other body odors are more likely to have right wing authoritarian attitudes. The smell of the average leftist. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. literally. If you smell, like smell a... like bus stops. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. If you smell like a car park lift, yeah. you're probably left wing. But I, I, I yeah, that's weird tell, you know, self report, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I stink of piss. Yes, I vote. Like, how did you know? You know, for the many, not the few. <laughs> and then, just finally, because they just keep doing self reports. Yeah. Um, far right oh, sensation yeah. of paedophilia is dangerous. Oh ah! yeah. Oh yeah. Rizzy, is it? That's very what, interesting. What an odd thing to say. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Yeah. There's just silence, and then there's some leftist pops up. Michael Corrin there. You know, the far right being concerned about pedos is a real concern to me. <laughs> I mean, is it at this point when when Pedophile Island was real? Yeah, well, yeah. I am kind of in what, that leftist retreat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally not summer camp. Yeah, not great. Um, people. So he, he mainly complains about Sound of Freedom and says that it, oh, yeah. it invigorates uh, a conspiracy theory about QAnon. About Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah. Um, maybe he missed the part where the people that worked on the film actually they brought Navy SEALs along as their entourage. Um, the Navy SEALs disappeared for a few days, came back, and they actually busted a trafficking ring while they were filming it as, as well. As I understand it, it was based on true story as well. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there we go. Yeah, so yeah what... far right one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah it's um, yeah. chapter four in Mein Kampf. <laughs> yeah, a far right true story. Yeah. <laughs> Thou shalt save children from Nicaraguan trafficking rings. And you know what? Uh, they, they will start framing it that way as well. It'd be like, yeah, it is true, but it's also far right. And they'll be like, oh, well, that's good. That's yeah. all I need to hear. It was far right. So that's gone from my my vision. You know, that's what it's going to turn into, man. But but fortunately, that means that we've now defined left wing as um, uh, uh, man or woman. No, sorry, you're a man. Um, poor, ugly, smelling of piss, and soft on paedophilia. Um, many such cases. 
Oh, well, that one's the comments, I suppose. Yeah, let's go to the ah. video comments. <laughs> I don't like Putin, but... Swiggity swoody. That sounds like the boss left it. Then be coming for Putin booty. What on earth am I looking at? It really comes back to your men just like to build things, anything. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, like he's built this for no reason, just because he enjoys building. It was just, you know, a, a bunch of Sunday afternoons that got out of hand. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's great. Speaking though. of the beer hall putch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on to the next one. Yeah. So on Monday, Carl asked what was hanging on the wall behind me. I couldn't understand what Callum said they were, uh, but this is my collection of archery release aids. For anyone oh. who is not familiar, they are essentially mechanical devices you clip to the string of a compound bow. We're going to pretend this is a compound bow, and you use them to draw the bow and loose the string instead of using your fingers. The reason I have so many is because I made a business out of making custom molded holsters for them. And if anyone is interested in learning about compound archery, I would be happy to send in some videos talking about the subject. I'd like to see some videos demonstrating the subject. Yeah. I know my zombie apocalypse survival squad has just added a new member. Yeah. But it's, again, just one of those things. There's people doing something. Yeah. I just like watching. So that would be great. But anyway, let's go to the written comments. So General Haiping says, looking forward to that lads hour at 3 p.m. today. Always appreciate a bit of banter. Well, you just got a preview. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to be a good one. Um, Taffy says, oh, wow, this first, first section is a good one. Almost like the mainstream is waking up to the effects of constant gaslighting, psychological abuse, and ritual humiliation heaped upon white Western men these last 20 years. Interesting that it all comes from the same section of society we can't name. No, it just comes from the left. So he's constantly going on about the left. I mean, I, anyway, uh, Riotac says, as Western Australian, I feel I should point out the West Australian uh, newspaper is widely considered to be a trash rag here. Don't worry, the feeling's mutual. Yeah, I mean, like every newspaper at this point should be widely considered to be a trash rag. If there is a single newspaper in existence that is not considered to be a trash rag, the lighthouse, uh, the light excluded, obviously, uh, then we're not doing our jobs. Uh, Omar says, they tell you Andrew Tate is a bad example, but if you ask them what a good man looks like, they'll show you a woman. It's easy to tear down masculine figures, but they aren't replacing it with a better alternative in line with our nature. And that's a great point, actually. That's a really good point. Like, who would you hold up as an ideal of masculinity? I think, I think it, it's difficult to get to. I think anyone who becomes close to that is quickly, you know, knocked off mm. the pedestal. Or contained, like, yes. Yeah, I think it's almost like they allow Andrew Tate to stay there because, well, you know, it's certainly, again, it's, everything's all about division, isn't it? Whereas you actually get a good man. Well, you're, manuf down. you're manufacturing consent for the online harms bill as well. In every single country, they're saying we need to police online misogyny because we've got so much uh, content percolating around on TikTok. The thing is, the the, the actual actions taken against Andrew ah right, Tate, sorry, <laughs> the actual actions taken against Andrew Tate show that they're not trying to amplify it. I mean, his his not just him, but his clips were removed from TikTok. He's banned from YouTube and you know everywhere apart from Twitter because Elon Musk restored him. Like, and he you know he's doubtless lost a bunch of bank accounts. Blah blah blah. Like, he has actually been suppressed. The problem that they have is that Andrew Tate genuinely has grassroots popularity with young men like this I, you know he's not, he's not an astroturf phenomenon that's the thing i think to and a degree have... but at the same time it's amazing you know you know there's no such thing as bad publicity and when you sure, sure. I, i'm not saying he's not yeah. brilliant at selling himself and all that sort of stuff and you know obviously he's done a good job but the establishment has tried to keep him down that is true i think but in on, on the topic of who would you put up um yeah. in terms of 
being capable of articulating the metaphysical virtues of masculinity pre-lockdown Jordan was yeah, fantastic. Was he was like a cultural father figure for people. And I think we've actually <laughs> lost something pretty prominently um, by having lots of his stuff be paywalled behind Daily Wire. And yeah. I understand I understand his move for doing it and I'm, I'm sure he's doing some fantastic stuff But because uh, he's leaning into ARC and all that sort of stuff. He's trying, to, he's trying to leverage his influence to make political change. But I think that men have actually lost a voice for making transformation in their personal lives. Yeah. And we need, we need something else for that. Bit of an odd one. I've always liked Nick Knowles. Like he's not massively popular, but whenever you see, he's a, he does a lot of daytime DIY yeah. SOS guy. But like, but yeah, but he does like he does good work. But like, you can just tell oh, this you're is, a good man. You know what? That's actually not a bad example. Though. I once said to my mum, I said, "You know, what? if Dad ever dies, Marry I will him, accept mom. him." <laughs> <laughs> I think this is why Bo keeps going on about Ray Mears. Like just a wholesome <laughs> masculine figure, you know, and he's not political really. He's just like I'm doing wilderness. Bob Ross. Bob Ross is a yeah. great one as well. Former former um Air Force veteran, yeah. chose never he used to be a drill sergeant, so chose never to shout again, cared for animals, had a lovely marriage and his family, and he just made beautiful artwork and he sold them all off for charity. So nice guy. Yeah. Is is Mel Gibbs a really good one? Because you know, you see him him do stuff and next thing you know he's slandered online, but he talks for all the pedophilia and Oh Mel Gibson. Sorry, Mel Gibson, yeah. Mel Gibson, who was that? I don't know. I was thinking... Yeah, Mel Gibson. Yeah. Old sugar tits. <laughs> Legend. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe don't give him a, a, a bottle of alcohol on a phone. but Or do. Now that would be good TV. Henry Cavill. <laughs> Henry Cavill's a, a good example. Uh, he's not married. Gorgeous. Uh, he's got government at the moment. But he's not married. Yeah, he should be. Yeah. Sure, but he's not married. He doesn't have kids. You know, he's not... Like he's not at the end of the journey. Yes, right. Yeah, I agree. But he, I, I mean, I think he's a great representation of an Englishman. Mm. You know, I love, I love the fact that Henry Cavill is representing Englishmen around the world. That's great. You know, and he, you know, I like the fact that he likes Warhammer. He's literally me. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> should we say, was actually right? Ryan Gosling's all right as well, given the given yeah, Ryan circles right. he runs in. Yeah, he's yeah. Like a wholesome enough guy, married. Con- considering what he's surrounded by. Yes. You know, the things he, he has to obviously genuflect towards. Yeah. Um, anyway, Le French Smiling Man says, women, men shouldn't be toxic. Also women. I get hot for the kind of man I can't introduce to my family. Yeah, that, that's another revealed preference that I'm sick of hearing about. It's, oh, we want really safe men. It's like, no, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> you, you don't, though. Yeah. You know. Uh, Matt says, my primary school never had a single male teacher. The only man there was the caretaker. Look, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I don't think that women should teach boys. Sex I, don't think that, I don't think that men should teach girls. Yep. I just... I know it, it's a total sort of throwback opinion. Would you say in all subjects or yeah, yeah, like it, all it, of education? In all, in all of education, I actually, and I, I, I'm not someone who went to a sex segregated school or anything like that, but I'm just looking at it now and I'm like, no, I think actually boys should have male teachers. I just, and women would probably benefit, uh, girls would probably benefit from women teachers. I'm not a girl, so I can't say, but I don't doubt that it would be for their advantage as well. I just think it would be the, the sort of normal and natural way to raise these kids. You know, fewer, fewer female teachers sleeping with their students as well as we keep yeah, exactly. in America. Yeah, exactly. They're always hot though, aren't they? I know. I don't, I don't, I... What is going on there, Connor? <laughs> you brought it up. We assume I don't know. No, I have no idea, but they're always really The only good pedos looking. at my school were really weird looking men. Yeah. <laughs> God. Seriously, though, it's, it's peculiar. It's like, <laughs> I'm jealous. You know, what, you know, 25-year-old woman sleeps with a 15-year-old boy and it's a, um, like a model. And yeah. Like, I used to dream my drama teacher would left me. Instead, we had instead we literally had kind of like a pedo Kennedy, you know, on in between. 
That's you want double denim. Uh, anyway, George says the manosphere is not poisoning conservatism. It is just that conservatives were never men's allies. They weaponized chivalry to serve feminists like useful idiots. That's a great point as well. You know, the concern this the, everyone's like, how did feminism win? It's because literally men just seceded, just ceded the ground instantly. They were like, we they were totally unable to say no. I as a man, I'm entitled to a man's a men's only club. That, I don't think, but I don't think that's conser- don't think that's small c conservatism. That's 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 liberal. That's a liberal supposition that you're the you're the desex subject. Sure, but the the conservatives were like, oh well, we've got to make sure that they can come into the men's clubs, and they just totally retreated from every. They, there should have been a point where they're like, no, it's called a men's club, no yes. women. End of story. Yes. You've got your own spaces. We should have our own spaces. That's as far as the conversation goes, and we're not going to budge on that. And women's football should be on Comedy Central, not Sky Sports. <laughs> Robert Longshaw says, woman, <laughs> you need to open up to me about your feelings for me to want you. Man, like this? Woman, no, not like that. That's literally disgusting. I've read so many Reddit posts that's like... Don't ever cry in front of your wife. Yep. That's all I'm saying. Don't do it. Uh, Seraph says, men absolutely need purpose. They need to be needed, especially by the women in their lives. And the women need to acknowledge this, appreciate it, and nurture the men in return. And that's true. Um, Sophie says, I don't even think that kind of modern therapy is even good for women. Oh. I agree. It's awful for everyone. Uh, I mean, the woman who goes to therapy is just so happy, wallowing in your own misery and feeling like a victim is so great for your own mental health. And also, right, I am deeply suspicious about someone whose entire job is predicated on you having mental health issues. Yes. Oh, no, you need to keep coming every month yep. for the next 20 years. They never give you the, co- the cure. They just elongate the treatment. Exactly. I, I, I cannot even imagine trusting this person with anything, really. You ever been to a therapist, Callum? Well, yeah, I did, didn't I? Because we had the old uh, abortion thing. Mm. Um, but to be fair, she was actually quite good because yeah. she was... Um, she wasn't from California. <laughs> no, she was I actually quite liked her because I like, you know, I'd, I, I hate things like state education and all that. And she, she weirdly, we, we clicked on a lot of things. You know, she thinks it's all... She was far right. I think she might be, yeah. Legend. <laughs> uh, no, but she... she oh, right. Basically, she, Callum she, she like, I really like my therapist, so I started shagging her. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, she, she like sees it as like indoctrination as well and how it doesn't... It tells you how to be things rather than teaches you, helps you mold yourself. Um, but when I was like, you know, I think I'm actually better now. She's yeah. like, great, that's what I want. Good. She's like, you know, if you're feeling to come back, fantastic, but I want people to leave. And I was like, oh, fair. You sound like all the other women. <laughs> That's not a fair play. She seems quite good, but yeah, that may not be common of all Californian therapists. Oh yeah, no. By and large, I think they're all leeches. A bit like yeah, chest. yes. <laughs> True. <laughs> I'm sure there are lots of good people who work for this. Some, editors. I, I'm sure are good. People. Oh yeah, no. I think a lot of them are good. I think a lot of them are misled. I, I think it's the managerial class being a chest. I, I, I genuinely think the doctors and nurses. I mean, you see them like strung out, working hard. And then you, you see the fat middle-aged woman manager who's got a scowl on her face. Like, you're not working hard. You're not strung out. You know, the, all these poor people who could be getting paid your wage, you know, you, they're the ones who can screw. Well, the per- head of diversity on NHS is paid more than the PM. Yeah, 250 grand a year. It's mad. Yep. It's absolutely mad. That should be one of your things. You should get someone in your um, here to, like, just keep applying for diversity jobs and you could do a whole section. Oh, honestly, that. maybe we should. <laughs> Uh, Matt says, sloppily rigged an election, evidence all over the place, admit it multiple times, people protest about it, and it turns into a bit of a riot. <gasps> How could they do this to our democracy? Yeah. 
Maybe maybe don't write pieces in Time magazine next time saying we fortified it against you. Yeah, I mean, literally saying, yeah, Donald Trump was right. There was a conspiracy to steal the election. Time magazine. Shadowy cabal was the example. Yeah. They yeah. So, okay, well. At what point do you actually think people will snap? I don't know. Because I, 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 we keep locking going them in past, their homes wasn't enough. That's the thing. Yeah. We keep going past all these points. I think, surely not. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay, maybe the next. Surely well, this is This is oh, the fallacy. No, still cooks. This is the fallacy of the Marxists. Uh, the disorganized masses will never rise up, yeah. no, matter, no matter whether or not they're justified in, in doing so against lockdowns, for example. Um, the only way out of this is either uh, negotiation or historically speaking and I don't endorse this but military coups are normally what happens well yeah it's like you know people say our oh, violence doesn't solve anything it literally solves everything <laughs> like whoever wins it's solved for them we've arrived at the Heinleinian <laughs> position no violence solves every problem for history but for whoever wins it literally yeah. solves their problem I mean yeah, if you're listening GCHQ <laughs> we don't endorse this no. I was in Maryland not DC <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't matter anymore uh, Ewan says uh, people have been jailed for an, an unauthorized tour. Ridiculous. Yeah, podium guy. Yeah, that's another thing as well. Like they were so placid when they were in there. Like you, you see the videos of them in there, and the, the the guards and police are like showing them around, open doors for them, and like walking. They stayed in the ropes, walking between the guard ropes. Yeah, exactly. It's like this isn't this isn't even a riot. Anymore. As an Englishman, I was so impressed with yeah. that queuing. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, these are obviously Republicans. <laughs> <laughs> or Brits on holiday. The yeah. queuing was that good. Yeah. <laughs> Joshua says, Colorado seeks to remove Trump from the ballot. Other states seek to do so through legal means or by lying about the crime. Yeah, they're going to do everything they can, which is why, frankly, and I keep saying this, it has to be Trump and he has to win. Uh, the, we, you know, It's not that I don't love DeSantis. or I don't. I, I do like DeSantis. I think he's a great governor. And I, I actually quite like Vivek Ramaswamy. Oh, yeah. He's quite actually, cool. He's not bad. I like what he's saying. I don't trust him. Sure. And you don't have to. I'm, what a politician. Don't lend him money. <laughs> Connor. Obviously. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Which but, uh, God exists. Which God for Vake? Which one? Sure. That'd be interesting. Well, he'd say Vishnu or something. Yeah, the one with the elephant head. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <Le> God. <laughs> but the, the point being, you know, these might actually be um, decent, half-decent politicians who enact an agenda that I'm in favor of, right? Mm. I don't care. It has to be Donald Trump, and it's because they just hate him that much. He's the only Caesar figure that exists at the moment. Exactly. And I just want his smug face on 2024 on TV. Donald Trump wins. Joe Biden asleep, not even realizing he's running. And, uh, and the howling and pulling of hair of the... 45-year-old wine Karens. Yeah, it's the, it's the, the Democrats. It's, it's the meme of ditch-digging SJWs and then the, yeah. the, the, the Pepe's just standing on the side and goes, I really wish you didn't make me have to. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to play video games. I really did, but I want Trump to win at this point because <laughs> he's Trump and because they hate him. <laughs> um, Michael says, didn't the CIA send AR-180s and Barrett 50 cals to the IRA? Well, I wouldn't be fucking shocked. <laughs> well, they, they, they trained us on a bit of them. Basically, yeah. you shouldn't trust any three-letter agency. Yeah. FBI, CIA, NHS. <laughs> <laughs> What's this thing about the NHS? I mean, don't get me wrong. I just... I, I've, got pro I've got plenty of problems with the NHS. But for me, mostly it's the people who run it and the way it's funded. I just don't want to play. Well, yeah, no, no. I, I just... There's so many things like... We do health completely so wrong. So many TikTok videos and I was just like, no, that's it. I'm right. Yeah. But no, but it's like... It, it's, we view health completely wrong. Like, pharmaceutical companies don't want you to be healthy otherwise you're no longer a customer so you know you look at all the drugs and that they pump into you and they do abortions and they do putting girls on the pole for age 14 yep. yeah like Sodom yep so uh, the letter M is for middle finger says this whole podcast has been a blast but this last segment especially so 
what great fun it is to laugh for a few moments after losing what little hope of humanity we have left. Uh, well, we're going to be doing the same much uh, in the uh, follow-up podcast this afternoon, so do join us for that. Uh, SH Silver says, getting caught up in the left-right dichotomy is pointless. The establishment will dress themselves in the image of either left or right and vilify the other side just to divide people. All to serve their elite interests. Nothing matters to them beyond control. Um, it's not that you're wrong, but I do think that Saul Alinsky is right when he says that there are factions in the elites and they do vie for control. They'll never allow, and this is really one of the reasons they, I th- and I think, because you, you see lots of people on the right being like, so why do they just hate Trump that much? And it's because Trump is kind of a traitor to the elite class and they know it. You know, It's like Mitch McConnell and Chuck Schumer are never going to endanger the status of the elites. But Donald Trump had that potential. He didn't do it, obviously. But he had the potential to upturn the apple cart on both sides. And so that, I think, is why they, and they both, on both sides, the Republican and the Democrat elites, both really hate Trump. The horridness as well is because he is a hole in the boat that they didn't realize was there. Yeah. And even the fact that just a little bit of water came in is an affront to their sensibilities. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then I tweeted this out the other day. It's like, look what they're doing after you made them feel momentarily afraid. Yeah. It's, it's, the- it's, it's Neil Patrick Harris's hand on the bug. At the yeah. end of Starship Troopers. It's yeah, 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 yeah. And, it, and it, it was only for a moment. And now it's 22 years for Enrique Tarrio for not even being. It's, it's mad. <clears throat> Do you think but, it will all come tumbling down? Well, I think that anything that can't go on forever won't. I, I think the last election anyone accepted in America was 2012. And I, I think no matter the outcome of 2024, half the country won't accept it. So I don't know what's going to happen. I actually can't make a prediction because, like, some We're in uncharted of, world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some, some, some kind of um, a disparate, violent conflict could happen. Don't want it to, but it could reasonably happen. I think it'll be more like a social war than a civil war. We're already seeing the sort yep. of um, divvying up of states where Republicans are just getting out of California and going to Florida and Texas, yes. and probably vice versa. I can see some states seceding. Maybe. I mean... But the dividing lines are being made ever, ever more clear. You know, the like mm. blue states are going bluer and the red states are going redder, it seems. So, who knows? Uh, Base Tape says, seriously, does this far-right <laughs> conspiracy strip club even exist? <laughs> if not, I'm making one. I think far-right and strip club Shut are up and take my money. <laughs> they're, they're incompatible, I'm afraid. All, all, all I'm saying is, Connor says that, but there is definitely a market for it. Um, <laughs> There's definitely a customer base. <laughs> I'm going to quote Jurassic Park and say that these people spent so long asking if they could do something they didn't realize they should be asking if they should do something. Anon Immy says, only leftists ever mention QAnon. I've been following far right, oh, sorry, right so far commentators for a long time and I have no idea what clue, uh, no clue what it is. Now, this, this is another great point. I don't know what the thesis of QAnon is. Um, the entire government is run by a cabal of satanic pedophiles. No, but oh, bang on then. But that's not, no, that's not a conspiracy theory. Yeah. No, the, the thesis is, that's that's the premise. Yes. But what's the thesis? Because there's always like, trust the plan. Patriots oh, right. Okay, so, so basically, what's happening? So Q is meant to be someone who is inside the administration leaking things. Right, so he's a part of the pedo network. Well, <laughs> he's leaking. We trust Q? Yeah, apparently so, yeah. And also, we don't know who Q is. Right. And he's been wrong every single time. Right. <laughs> okay. Well, like, trust like, the plan, boys. Yeah. 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 Like, <laughs> don't worry. This time yeah. it's going to come to fruition. Now, I, like I said, I, I just don't know what the thesis of QAnon is or it didn't until just now. And then it sounds ridiculous. Uh, it literally is a, a caricature right winger, as far as I can tell. Um, but I mean, I'm sure there are like boomer Americans who believe it and fine. With, was, there was that thing, right. but was it like a year ago? It kind of came out that this was like a psyop because they called it Blue Anon. 
the blue and, no, no, that's blue the and honest wing conspiracy. to accuse the Democrats of having the same like delusional level Russia. of oh. weaponizing the term back against them. And blue and on actually does stick because yeah. they they said yeah. they said Donald Trump was a Russian agent since the 1980s. Yes, he was a Soviet spy. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> there was an MSNBC segment. <laughs> Not. Donald Trump was a Soviet We're going to spy. Make yeah, they America Jeremy Corbyn again. was a Soviet spy. <laughs> and ironically, no, I'm joking. He was just an asset of some sort. He wasn't a spy. It was Bernie Sanders. He had his honeymoon there. Yeah, he the, did, didn't he? He did, yeah. And he came back and praised how well run the Potemkin village was. Why can't like, all men just be like Bernie? <laughs> oh, God. And the thing is, that's the thing. They're not even spies, right? That, that ascribes to them a level of agency they simply don't have. They're absolute effing idiots. Useful idiots, yes. Not even, well, I don't know how useful they are, but they're just idiots. <laughs> well, Bernie, Bernie, Bernie was second in the Democrat primary. Like, Hillary Clinton had to mobilize her campaign to knock him off course. To be fair, and they all can we trust Trump? the numbers? Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Richard says, haters will hate, but the hilarity of it all is how everything counter is now far right. We just used to call these wholly unattractive people munters, hedge crawlers, and fog monsters. <laughs> I've, I've done munter in a long time. Uh, but it, it is due a comeback, though, isn't it? <laughs> it is, like, like, like 70 sunglasses, munter is due a comeback. I heard a, a, an American in Italy recently ask me what a bint is. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I, love, I, I have not heard that in ages. I love that you reminded me. And that's another way of getting past YouTube's algorithms. There's yeah. no way Munter is in the yeah. algorithm. <laughs> I think we should give Harry Monopoly on it with the accent, though, because it just sounds yeah, much better yeah. coming from Mancunian. <laughs> uh, Matt says, this is what happens when a middle-aged mum stumbles across something that isn't the Daily Mail gossip section. Yes. Uh, and Noel says, love the idea of the lads hour. Thinking next step, which would be great, would be a load of seaters after dark in a pub in Swindon. Uh, possibly not a pub in Swindon, but uh, just a hangout of some sort would be nice. I mean, it would be Lotus Eaters in the dark, given Swindon is not the most um, infrastructurally brilliant place these days. No. But, I mean, we should do it a bit towards Marlborough. Where's that? Closer to me. Oh. <laughs> Didn't Marlborough get voted like the best town in the country? Oh, that is it. Yeah. Uh, some best high street, was it? Yeah, some like best high street. Yeah, I, I saw an article on it where basically loads of celebrities move there and live there. It is really nice. Yeah, it, well, exactly. It's really nice. What is it? It's a small English country town. Like that's the uh, that's the utopia that all the celebrities are moving to. Basically, I don't think there's a migrant hotel there yet. Yeah, exactly. But why do we even have cities if that's the utopia? Why do we bother with these cities? Bath's all right. Yeah, Bath's lovely, oh, but it's got like fifty thousand people. Again, you, you went to fifty-year-old middle-aged woman. Ooh, very nice. <laughs> Do you know? What I, I realized recently. I was like, "Oh my god, I've got old." Because I was, I was in Tesco and I went, "Oh, organic blue, blue blueberries reduced." <laughs> and I said it out loud. I was like, "Oh my god, Callum, what have you become?" <laughs> We're deducting you from lads hour. Your your testicles have retracted to such a point <laughs> where you you can't sit in on the panel. Estrogen levels through the charts. <laughs> anyway, that's all we've got time for, folks. So. We'll see you in half an hour on the website for Lads Hour. Uh, and uh, we'll try and man up Callum a little bit. <laughs> see you then. Mm -hmm.